When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Episode 4 of The General Store with Gina Vina. I'm here today with the creative director of character design for Sesame Street, Louis Henry Mitchell. How are you? I'm doing great, Gina. Nice to be here. Thank you. Thank you for coming. You have no idea how much it means to me. I can't even begin to explain. This is super, super cool for me for a lot of reasons. Besides the fact that you're creative director for one of the coolest shows of all time still to this day, you were someone that I grew up absolutely idolizing because you were my father's art professor in college. So That's right. <laughs> yeah, super, super cool stuff. I can't even begin to explain. I'm just going to keep saying that because I'm like in all my glory right now. Like, you have no idea. <laughs> I'm so proud of you, lady. I can't even begin. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh, my God. Well, I want to start off with a question of, you know, it's going to be a funny one because I want to know what was my dad like in college? <laughs> You sure you want to go there? <laughs> I, I honestly, no holds barred. Don't even hold back because I need to know what he was like. He was awesome. He was great because he even told me, I still have the, because I asked everybody to write like what their dreams are, what their challenges are. Right. And he was the first one he wrote. He wasn't sure about me. He, w- he wasn't sure if he was going to like this class. <laughs> and then he said, but after I told them you know, who I am, and, like I really bear my soul. So right. that they can really understand who who it is that they're that's teaching them, and he wrote and he said after I heard your story, then I I saw that you know I, there was a lot that we related you know on, right. So I said, this is great. This this is one of my stars. I can tell. Oh my goodness, <laughs> wow, that is oh man. Well, speaking of your story, tell me a little bit about how you got your start because I know that's got to be an insane beginning to now of the journey that you've had. Tell <laughs> yeah, me a little bit about that. I'm I'm just shocked because this was a dream. Like I was six years old, I was watching a show called The Ed Sullivan Show. Right. Have you heard of it? Yeah, of yeah, course. Of course, yeah. Ed Sullivan famous. was a legend. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Beatles started there. You know, oh I think James Brown. I think the Rolling Stones, the yeah. Doors. I didn't care about those guys. When the Muppets came on, that's what I cared <laughs> about. Because he would say, hey, here come the Muppets or whatever he said. Right. And I would do a sliding run into the, I didn't care who was watching. I slid and I it was right in front of the TV monitor. And, well, TV set, the monitor. You know, <laughs> now we're pros. Now we're talking about monitors. The TV set, the television set. You had the bunny ears on it. And yeah, yeah. And all that <laughs> stuff, yeah. And, of course, I'm just eating it all up. And after they did the Muppet segment, you know, Jim Henson would come out, and he would shake it of his hand, you know, but I didn't care about him either because I didn't know who that was. Right. But then the magic moment happened. He came out after he did the, the Muppet segment. It was a segment where... Kermit was dressed like in a tuxedo. Oh, my and, God. Yeah, it was great. And he was next to a piano. And eventually, the piano ate him. <laughs> and, of course, I was I loving it. Then when Jim Henson came out this time to shake Ed Sullivan's hand, he still had Kermit on his hand. And I'm just thinking, 
you mean a man was, I was like six years old. Right. I said, you mean a man was doing that? I, I, you know, you don't think about how those things like cartoons and puppet shows, you just enjoy them. But when I saw that somebody was back there doing that, something just snapped in my head that never oh, snapped yeah. back. And it just launched me. I didn't realize it. I didn't know that that was the seed planted for me to become the creative director for Sesame <laughs> Street. I didn't, but man, something did happen to me. And right. it was just, that's, that's it. I just kept following that, that thing, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't leave me alone. There's a drive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly right. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's seeing the Muppets on, first of all, just backtracking, seeing the Muppets first on Ed Sullivan's show has to be one of the coolest moments, I think, just <laughs> pop culture wise. And the fact that you got to see that live to me is so cool because you don't get things like that anymore. You don't get to see things like that. You don't get those moments anymore where you're just like, wow, like, what is that? You I know? know? Well, you know what? To be honest with you, I mean, maybe we could talk about it later, but I had another moment like that where I felt, back then when I felt it, I was like six. I didn't know what that feeling was. I just knew something happened to me. But right. now as an adult and a professional, I just got back from the Galapagos Islands maybe two or three weeks ago. Wow. And yeah, it was a trip. I was invited to be the resident artist on the Lynn Blatt ex Expeditions for no National Geographic. Me. Yeah. That is phenomenal. It wow. Really Congratulations. Is. Thank you. And it, <laughs> they just they heard me speak and they say, hey, can you come out and we want you to meet these people? And I said, yeah. One of my dream trips was the Galapagos. Um, while I was there and I was having a time of my life and seeing things I'd never seen before, but then that same thing happened to me from when I was six, but this time I recognized it. Something shifted. Right. I don't know how it's going to manifest, but I know something shifted. And that's the only other thing I can relate it to. So you're right. It doesn't happen often, but it actually happened again to me this oh time. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, you heard it here first. Something's brewing inside yeah. Mitchell's head, and I can't <laughs> wait to see what it is. Oh, man. I'm glad it was announced here first. Yes. I'm oh honored. Oh, my God. It's sick. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Man, that is so cool. Yeah. I can't believe the Galapagos Islands. That yeah. is such a like specific place too. Like yeah. you don't hear that very often that people get to go there and explore those things. So it's on so everybody cool. not everybody, but it's on so many people's bucket list. Whenever I tell people, they always say, That's on my bucket list. I said it was on mine too. I have books and DVDs on my in my library at home. Planning one day I gotta go there. Cause all, I love the blue footed booby. I mean I, I just like to say it, but then to actually see it in person. Oh, that's so cool. It was it was off the chain. Just, just phenomenal, a life-changing experience. That's amazing. Wow. Speaking of, you know, go, tracking back a little bit to, you know, being the professor in college, there's something that I want to set straight, and I want you to answer this, okay. because my dad swears up and down that this is the truth, okay. and I want to know. I need to debunk this now for my sake. Okay. <laughs> and I'll be perfectly honest. So there was the lead singer of My Chemical Romance, Gerard Way. Gerard. He was a cartooning major at SVA. The same years that my dad was there. And my dad swears up and down that there was a guy that was in those classes that he had with you that was Gerard Way. He swears on it up and down. And I just want to know if if you do remember a person named Gerard Way in any of the classes. Because you know I need to set this straight. Sorry, I do not remember that name. I, but I the thing like, is, look, you, your dad's a sharp guy. Right. I believe him. If he said it, I believe it. He's like, I wasn't friends with him, but I remember this guy. He was the beginning of the emos in the 1990s. He was a cartoonist and he likes comics. And I swear to God, it was Gerard Way. So I was just, I wanted to set it straight. I'm I so sorry. No, I, I love no use here because I don't uh, remember. I remember the names of a lot of my students. Right. Probably if I heard 
any of their names I remember. Yeah. But that's not the one. I mean, he had a lot of other classes. I wasn't his only teacher. So right, he yeah. He might have been, yeah. But I, I don't know that, that one, no. I Sorry. figured I would ask because yeah. <laughs> that's someone that I personally have always idolized too because my dad always jokes around. He's like, imagine I missed out on a shot of being his friend. You could have been, <laughs> he could have been your uncle. I was like, stop. Oh, man. So I wanted to, I wanted to set it straight for my own sake to be like, you Sorry. know what? I disappointed you. I'm so sorry. Oh my God, no, it's fine. I was like, but it would have made sense because he's someone that I idolize. So if you were his teacher, it would have made a lot of sense. Aww. So, yeah. Speaking of people that you idolize, we talked a little bit about Jim Henson with the Ed Sullivan Show and everything. Yeah. And I know that's someone that you definitely looked up to, considering the role that you're in now. Yeah, boy. And, right. So talk. Let's talk a little bit about Jim Henson. The experiences that you've had. Yeah, you know what? He turned out to be one of two of the most generous artists that I've ever really enjoyed right. it was him and norman rockwell those are the two but jim wow. henson yeah jim henson was so generous because even before sesame street or be, even before he got famous he was doing little behind the scenes you know like shows he did something called the muppets on puppets that was that came out like in 1970 so obviously he did it it came out early in 1970 so obviously he did it sometime during 1969 i'm sure before sesame street actually took off right so he was already planning on teaching and sharing what he was doing and how he was doing. And he showed, because he's the one that invented the whole thing about using the television uh, monitor as the proscenium or the puppet stage. Right. So, and I, I was just blown away. He was just giving all these secrets away before he got famous. He wow. was just that generous. Well, that just kind of kept going because every time I, I never got to actually meet him, which I, I was in the building right. two weeks before he passed away. Oh, wow. But yeah, but I didn't. I just walked in with my son saying, uh, Mr. Henson here? I said, yes, what's your name? Uh, Louis Mitchell. I don't see your name on the list here. So I just wanted to meet Jim Henson. I said, well, sir, you can't just walk in and meet Jim <laughs> I didn't care. I just had to try. Yeah. But then two weeks later, the same day Sammy Davis Jr. died was the, oh, wow. the day that Jim Henson died. But the man has made a mark on my life. That's why I love being, I'm, I'm not close with all of his kids, but Cheryl Henson, his daughter, you know, I love hanging out with her. She's oh, really that's great. amazing. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and, his, and his wife, Jane Henson, was great because when I, I remember when I first started directing photo shoots for Sesame Street, one day Jane Henson, because we were in the building that she owned, and she came and she sat down and she was watching me. And I'm saying, oh, my gosh. That's almost like having Jim Henson here. I was nervous. Wow. So I said, Jane, is everything? I mean, she's a sweet lady. I said, Jane, is everything okay? She said, oh, Lewis, I just love to watch you work. Said, oh, my God. How cool is that, Jane? Oh, Jane? my God. It blew me away. It just it turned, it cranked, and cranked me up all the way to max. So, wow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's like almost the equivalent to Frances Bean Cobain came in, and she was like, I just love listening to you talk. See that? I would have freaked you. out. So, I, I, you know, it hasn't happened yet, but... <laughs> It's just a matter of time. I, I oh God, I hope so. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I know recently there was also somebody that uh, you posted about on social media. It was Neil Adams. Yeah. That Neil. was someone I know that you looked up to, and my God, his his resume is unbelievable. From yeah. Batman to Archie Comics to Green Lantern, DC, Marvel. Talk a little about about your experience, because I know that you had the experience of being able to uh, work with Neil Adams. Yeah, it wasn't just work. He kind of became a surrogate father to me back in wow. the day because I, you know, art's not an easy thing to, as professionally, to do it is easy, but to make a living, to make, to make it a profession is not that easy. You have to really work hard at it. And I was working hard, but it just wasn't working at a certain point in my life. I must have been maybe right. around 19. 
I know that's early, but I started working pretty early. I was like 17 when he hired me. Wow. Yeah. To, yeah. He looked yeah, at my skin. Toe Jones, right? Yeah. Look at you. <laughs> that's exactly I'm a right. Fan. Oh, I'm a that's fan. so awesome. <laughs> well, I have to give props to Lindley Farley, the one that actually wrote Tippy Toe Jones, because wow. if it wasn't for his writing, I'm not sure I would have gotten into Neil because it was a character that had to live, a cartoony character that lived in the real world. So Neil told me when I, I actually went to a pl- uh, party called the First Friday Party. Oh and I was working for a man named Howard Chagan at the time. He's the guy that did the first Star Wars comic books. Oh, my God. Yeah. But I was his, <laughs> I was his assistant when I was 17. And he invited me to this party. He said, Louis, this is going to be a first Friday party where all the artists in New York get together from the, the comic book artists. Yeah. I said, oh, that's great. Yeah, I'd love to go. I was a shy kid. I didn't. He said, this is going to be at Neil Adams' house. Then I said, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm going to get to go to Neil Adams' house? But, then he's, but he scared me. He said, bring your sketch pads. I want Neil to see your work. I said, oh, no, if, when he doesn't like something, he lets you know. He's wow. not, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't dilute it at all. Right. So if he doesn't like my work, I, I don't know what I could do, what I'm going to do. But uh, he, he saw my, he went through my sketch pads, three of them, three times backwards and forwards. As soon as he was done, he said, you know what? I've been sitting on a series of scripts that I couldn't find anybody who I thought could do, but I think you can do it. Why don't you come up to Continuity? The name of his studio <laughs> is Continuity. Why don't you come to Continuity, get you started on a project? I said, okay, I have to leave now because <laughs> I didn't know I was going to wet my pants. I didn't know what I was going to do because this is my hero. This is my absolute hero. I didn't know I was going to get to go to his house. Then he hires me on the spot. Oh, it my blew God. me away. Yeah, I was 17 years old. But he saw, and the thing is, he is really, and his standards are very high. So that spoke to my heart. I said, so I must be doing something right if he's going to hire me just for my sketch pads. I didn't have to do a sample or anything. Normally, you'd have to do at least like three pages of, of a comic book. But right. And then I remember when I was a kid saying, you know, one day Neil Adams, I was like 13. One day Neil Adams is going to ink my comic book, my comic book work. <laughs> because you know, that's how it works. Somebody pencil it and then somebody else inks it. I right. said, well, Neil Adams is going to ink. But I, was, I was joking with my buddies. Yeah. But then but four years later... Neil hires me and says, and I'm going to ink it. Oh, my God. So, yeah. What a story. Yeah. Oh so, like I said, he, he, he helped me because I was, at a certain point, it was very difficult. But I wasn't, I was doing well because I was working for him and did a couple of freelance jobs, but it wasn't enough. Yeah. And my father, my natural father, kept telling me, you know, join the Army, join the Army, you know, get free wow. medical benefits for the rest of your life. And after a while, I said, you know, maybe he was right. I didn't want to do it. My mom, my mom is like my hero. Not my heroine, my hero. Perfect timing for Mother's Day. Yeah, how about that? Happy Mother's Day, Mom in heaven. No. So anyhow, my father kept saying, join the army. So then I said, maybe he's right. So I delivered some pages to Neil Adams, you know, for him to ink. I said, you know what, Neil? I don't think this is really working out for me. I mean, I love working for you, but I, I, my father's been telling me to join the army. I think he's right. I'm going to get and join because I'm not really making enough of a living. Right. And Neil says, Lewis, don't do that. That's stupid. Yeah, that's not for you. Not Joining the Army is not stupid. But for you, it is stupid because that's not your path. Yeah. Go back to school if you're going to do anything. And I thought, I said, well, okay, I, that's not a bad idea. I went back to SVA. And because of Neil Adams, I stayed on, on, on course because I was wow. determined. The, the recruitment office was just about two blocks away from his studio. I was going to drop off the pages and go and, and enlist. Wow, talk about a fork in a road and two paths, right? Yeah. Boy, oh, I'm my goodness. You. So thank you, Neil. Wow, that's amazing. You know, thanks to him, we've had so many amazing, innovative things that have come through for Sesame Street. Mm-hmm. And just, just the work that you've done has been so phenomenal. Did you but, say work? Yeah. Don't be using that full letter <laughs> on me. 
<laughs> it doesn't feel. I know it is work. It's it's important work. It's serious. We do a lot of serious things, but you know, I love it so much yeah. that it does. It hasn't felt like work in you know all these years. Yeah, you know it's crazy. My dad always tells me, he's like, if you wake up every day and you're happy at work, you never feel like you're working. And he got that from you. No he kidding. He got it from you. He, he always actually listened to me? It. Yeah. He, oh, you'd be surprised. He listens to people once or twice. How about that? Yeah. But yeah, he reiterated that to me for a very, very, very long time. <laughs> and, you know, I, I followed on it. And there were things where I was like, maybe I should just, you know, maybe I should just teach elementary school, or which was nothing wrong with. I would have, I would have been happy there. Or, like maybe I should, you know, get into business or, or politics like my mom did. And I was like, I don't I don't want to do that. Like I I like to talk, obviously. I'm yeah. here. Like, in a good place. <laughs> yeah. But now, you know, I listened to what you told my dad so many years ago and I'm here. And you know, because of you, I, I followed entertainment. You know, you you're because the one that started my career here. <laughs> no, you when you were a kid, your father told me, Don't you're not gonna get away with this. He told me she demanded to be on Sesame Street. She, I I gotta be on the show. So he he called me up and said, Can you help her out? I said, All I can do is introduce. If they're interested, they'll let her know. And God, they just embraced you. You were like the star. Oh my goodness. <laughs> they loved you. Yeah, I made the joke to you earlier. Now I'm a washed up child star with a a talk show. <laughs> Nothing washed up about you, darling. You're doing, you're like a rocket is what you are. <laughs> yeah, I, it's like I said, I just, I still don't, I'll never forget the experience of being on when I was younger because I have a very vivid memory of Kaufman Studios and walking into the door and they gave me the little sticker on my chest yeah. to get in. I was, took up half my chest because I was so little. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, they asked for my last name. I could still barely spell it. <laughs> Can you spell it now? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I had, you know, I, I, I go by Gina Bina, so I don't have to. It yeah, saves me go. some time. But, <laughs> you know, but I still remember going upstairs and there was this big, bright, like fun house room almost. And then they gave me Lincoln Logs to play with. And I remember waiting upstairs for them to call me down for the show. And I'm stacking Lincoln Logs. And then I go yeah. down and there's this big set. And it felt like I was at Universal Studios in Florida almost. <laughs> And then I had Snuffleupagus in one corner. Yep. With I worked with Richard Kind too, which was very cool. Don't know that name. Richard Kind name. was the the actor. He was one of the guest oh, actors. Oh right, 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 right. He was on the Burketeer episode. I still remember everything yes. I did. I have very vivid memories of the. the did time you? That I were had you there. one of the Burketeers? I was. Oh my gosh, yes. Tina! <laughs> Boy, you're royalty. Oh my. God. <laughs> and then I did one of the Seven Dwarfs skit when we had the Snow White episode too. It was one of those. Oh man. I had the purple hood on. I still remember everything. <laughs> they tell me they loved you. That's what they were like trying to get you in the union. They were pushing to get you. Yeah, they really loved you. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not surprised. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But yeah, but, you know, I still, you had all of these things. And growing up, I always loved all of these things. From when I was little, too, they had the Sky Dancers, too. Yeah. You worked on Sky Dancers. I sure did. Oh, my God. That that was one of the coolest things to me. The toy used to get caught in my hair. And I would, not, I would rip it out and start over again. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my god, it's fine. No, it was great. Uh, you know, I had I had the toys, and you had the the illustrated books, and then they had the cartoons yeah. that they made. I illustrated all those children's books. So 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 cool because I, you know, like I said, I played with all of those when I was younger, and then, you know, recently I know you did Cami with uh, the South African Sesame Street. Yeah, I helped group. with her design. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. very very cool. What a cool design it was. But re more most recently. The one that I really wanted to talk to you about that I thought was so special was Julia. Yeah, Julia, my girl. Yeah, so talk, let's talk a little bit about Julia. Sure. That was amazing because Sesame had been working on the initiative for autism for like 
10 years, because again, that's one thing, they, they don't just jump and do things. They really try to research and understand and talk to the community and right. find out how to, what's the best way to do it. You're not going to be perfect, but you've got to get as much information from the community as you can. They didn't know, and just like I didn't know they were doing that, they didn't know that I was volunteering for children on the spectrum at the school in Staten Island. Wow. Yeah, a friend of mine, um, Rachel, uh, Rachel London Carter, she said, Louis, you know what, you'd be good for these kids. I said, but I don't want to disrupt their development because I don't know, I'm not trained for this. And she said, you just got to love them. I said, I can do that. I love kids. So I went and I was teamed up with two in particular. And the little girl just stole my heart. Wow. And so did the little boy. But the little girl, she was so, because I remember I was trying to help. She was nonverbal when I was trying to help her with her puzzles. I was just holding a piece for her. Right. And she thought oh, I didn't know where to go. She snatched it out of my hand and put it down, like, because I was taking too long. <laughs> but anyhow, that was a really beautiful experience. I worked with them in their homes, at the school, on outings. It was really immersive, not having a clue that Sesame was doing this. So I, after I was finished with that, you know, because I was volunteering, I couldn't do it as much as I, I was doing it before. Right. So when I walked into work one day and they said, Louis, you know what? We've been working on an, an initiative for autism and we want you to design a character. I said, you've got to be kidding me. Now I know why I was doing that. It was like oh this serendipitous God. thing, like divinely ordered. Yeah. Because I wouldn't have touched it otherwise. Wow. I said, no, you've got to get somebody who really understands it. But because of that experience, I was able to use all the little things that I learned about the children, their families. Right. And put it into Julia. And it was difficult because at first she wasn't going to be a puppet. And I said, that's good because you can't represent the entire spectrum with one character. Because when you talk about their behaviors, everyone's different. Right. So if you say, if you just talk about her behaviors, it could be like, yeah, it's fine. You know, as long as you're not doing anything, everybody can relate to it. Right. But in Julia's case, they said, look, she's so popular. The, the, the initiative went great. We did an illustrated book and everybody fell in love with her. They said, no, we got to put her on the show. I said, no, you can't do that because we can't represent the whole spectrum. And then they told me, they said, we're not representing the spectrum. We're pointing to it. We're right. bringing attention to, uh, to autism on Sesame Street. People are going to pay attention. I can get behind that. So I did the sketches for Henson of her, like they called uh, puppet turns or model turns. Okay. And then they built her. And I gave her a little, like the little, you know, when you, character design is not really drawing characters. It's communicating through that visual. And I, the minute you see a character, the story's begun at that point. So like with Julia, I gave her a diamond shape. Nobody knows these things. I mean, they know now because I've spoken a couple right. of times, but when I was designing her, I gave her like a diamond-shaped nose because these children, maybe they're not acting the way you expect them, but to me, they're diamonds in the rough. So I wanted to That's I, amazing. put a little hint of that in there. So I gave her a diamond-shaped nose. I slanted her eyes a little bit differently than normal, not to make her look odd, just to make her look different. Right. Because she was different. And, and the woman, Raleigh Cruson, master Muppet builder, she said, Louis, you're asking us to do things we've never done before. I said, well, that's a good thing because we've never done an autism Muppet before, have we? And right. she said, yeah, you get a good point there. The one thing I really wanted to do was give her human texture hair because she was not going to engage with the audience and say, hi, welcome to Sesame. She was just going to um, be doing her art programs, projects or whatever. So mm -hmm. that's when I said, you know, I, she needs human texture hair so she looks more like a real girl so people can relate to her immediately. And the executive producer said, no, no, we can't do that. But the woman in charge, Dr. Jeanette Bettencourt, I love to say her name because I love her. <laughs> she was in charge of the whole program and she said, no, I, we should try it Lewis's way. And it worked. Wow. That's phenomenal. What a, again, what a story. You're so full of stories. And I oh, mean that. Oh, you have no idea, girl. Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, we'll be here for hours. Oh, my goodness. That is, yeah, I because I, I when I read about it, I read about it in the newspaper, I believe it was, and it, they said, you know, Sesame Street is inter introducing a puppet that 
has autism or is on the autism spectrum. Right. And I said it, it was like, that has to be Lewis. And I told my dad, really? I was like, it has to be. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And then I looked Thanks it up. Thanks for the vote of confidence. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you kidding? I was like, right away. I was like, it had to have been Lewis. And then I looked it up and your name popped up associated with Julia. Yeah. And I was like, that's phenomenal. That's it's, my girl. <laughs> it's so, so cool. Like, seriously, I think that it's really dope what you did for, you know, representing people that are on the autism spectrum. It's something that's very special. I know there are a lot of kids out there that were lacking representation in that aspect. So it's very, very cool to see almost like this innovation moving forward with even with Muppets. It's just something that's so inclusive. Sesame Street is such a big part of a childhood and growing up and even going into adulthood. You still sit there sometimes and you're like, look at that. I still watch it sometimes. Oh, it pops up on girl. HBO and things. I love and I'm hearing like, that. It's so cute. Like, I get mad when people tell me they don't watch anymore. I don't, don't ever believe that because I know people are curious yes. on a Saturday and they're exactly like, right. Yeah. what's going on on Sesame Street? Check in, see what's going on. So, you know, like I said, what you do is just absolutely phenomenal, just all around from, from comics to cartoons to Muppets. And oh, my goodness, I can't even begin. To I'm so grateful that the dream came true from a little kid in Brooklyn to the creative director of character design for Sesame Street. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I still can't believe it. And it's been all these years, you know, that this June will be 30 years that I've been with the company. Right. You know, you started freelancing, years. but then then in 2000, they asked me to come, they asked me to come on full time. So you started in 1992, right? Yeah, that was my first freelance job. And then in 93, I got to go to the set and meet, you know, for the first time. And I, I met Carol Spinney, the one that does Big Bird and what used to do. Big Bird and Oscar the Grouch, and he was just wow. the sweetest guy on the planet. You know, he fell in love with my son, and he took my son behind Oscar's garbage can and put the puppet on my son's hand. Oh. I hadn't even touched the Muppet yet, and here my son's working at Oscar the Grouch like he knows what he's doing. Oh my and he's gosh. like nine years old and saying, man, I'm so jealous. <laughs> but I was so proud at the same time. It's so crazy, too, to see how Sesame Street has, like, evolved, too. Like, not just with Muppets, just with people you've had so many celebrities come through oh there's a list is that they have to turn some of the celebrities away they said look we, they don't want to but there's only so many episodes that they can do and they try to be as relevant to the needs and what's going on as possible yeah i i there's a funny story actually when i was i want to say 16 you had one direction on sesame street yeah <laughs> you had niall harry liam louis now all of my episodes i've mentioned harry styles at least once in every single episode i've ever done <laughs> Got, got it in. Okay. Yeah, I had to get in. I did it again this time. Let's see how many times I could do it. Quotas like met. 100, you know. <laughs> but I was 16, and I stood outside. You were one of those people? Yes. <laughs> it's because of you that they had to put the gates up. They did, yeah. yeah. I was with my friends, but we were playing it cool because there was a Starbucks right on the corner. Yep. It's still there. Yeah, still uh, in there. Astoria, it's still there. And we were sitting in the Starbucks, and we were like, we don't want to like be obvious that we're standing here. So like we sat... <laughs> In Starbucks and got our drinks, and we were sitting there waiting for the cars. We we're just waiting there, and like I was sixteen, hoping to gotta get a glimpse of Niall Horan, <laughs> and I did. They drove out. Nice. Liam, Harry were in one car, and Harry and Zane, I think, were in another car. I can't one hundred percent remember now, but I remember all I remember is Liam opening his window and waving, and he was like, "Hi," oh, and nice. I was like, That's "Oh so my cool. god." I was just literally it's a sixteen-year-old teeny bopper obsessed with this boy band. <laughs> so you know that was. That, to me, was hilarious because my friends were like, weren't you on the show? Can't we get in? I'm like, that's not how it works. <laughs> it's like, God. Did you even try? No. Gina, they loved him. I'm telling you, you might have had an in. 
You just didn't use it. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't use it. In so hindsight, you're not spoiled. God I was a 16 year old with anxiety and didn't think anyone remembered who I was. But so. it was because of that moment that they said, "Look, we're going to have to put up like in Hollywood, all the gates and everything with security." You used to just be able to walk right up to the door. Now you can't. You can't do that anymore because of that. That's crazy. Oh my goodness. So thanks for adding security to session. Yeah, yeah, you know now. Now you guys are all a lot safer because I <laughs> because, was reckless in 16 exactly. and obsessed with a boy band. <laughs> Crazy how life works. <laughs> but yeah, who else? You had, you had Ed, I think you had Ed Sheeran at one point. You had Katy Perry. Yeah. A lot of them. There, were, um, there was a bit of the, um, not a problem, but a controversy with Katy Perry because that, that video was, you know, was very popular. I'll put it that way. Right. And, and some people said, mm, maybe it's too popular. <laughs> so they, a, little, a little too popular, yeah, if you so ask they, me. Yeah. <laughs> it seemed that she was dressed in a very nice outfit but it was very i won't say revealing because they they're very careful on sesame street they don't just do the but you know because some people felt that she looked too attractive and you know whatever you know right people always going to find something wrong you know but we we do the best we can you know we're honest that's the thing about sesame it's very honest yeah that's one thing i've always admired about it is there's always been you know I, i see nickelodeon shows and disney channel and all of these shows and there's like there's an innovation but I also feel like there's too, like, I don't want to say too much of an innovation, but, like, I feel like they're maturing way faster than they used to. Like, a, yeah. a children's show, like, I'll give you an example. Cardi B, for example, was on Baby Shark on Nickelodeon. Yeah. <laughs> the same person that Doing wrote what? the very what? inappropriate WAP, which I don't even feel comfortable talking to you about. <laughs> she was on... <laughs> I'm looking at Gabby right now, one of the producers. She looks so shocked. She <laughs> yeah, was right? on Baby Shark on Nickelodeon. And th- she did a whole sketch. It was on Nickelodeon social media. And she was wearing, like, this outfit that was cut out. But she was singing the baby shark. And they made a shark out of Cardi B. Oh, my God. And I was sitting there, like, like I mean, cool, because she has a kid. Like, I kind of get it. But yeah, but that's not somebody you want representing a kid show. So that's why I always say with, with you guys, there's always been this sense of innovation, but in a positive way, where it's not maturing kids so far forward that it's uncomfortable at this point right well you know sesame yeah. is a mission it's a mission right. the, the other people is purely entertainment this is mission driven work right. so that we can really you know we're saying something we're trying to help people have tools thinking tools or even just reading tools things that they really can help them and it's, it used to be sesame she was about abc's and one through threes but it's about life now and it didn't just start now because back when mr hooper died they dealt with deaths on sesame street right so you know we've been dealing with real life even before that, but from that moment forward, all kind of initiatives happened, from military initiatives to the, you know, you know when Black Lives Matter happened, I had to design Muppets for the uh, racial justice initiative we right. had. I designed Ji Young, the girl from, she's Korean, for the Asian hate crimes. You know, we, we try to, and we don't jump and do it. We got to stop and say, how's the best way to respond to this? Not react, but to respond to this. Yeah. So, you to know. respond so a child would understand. Yes. Exactly. And I think that is so, so cool. And it's something I've always, like I said, I've always admired about the show and about you and about the team that you work with is, like you said, there's a there's a push forward for, for innovation and, and being creative and moving forward in issues and, and being inclusive, but it's not to a point where it's almost borderline inappropriate, I want to say. Right, like, right. You know what I'm saying? And if anything does even seem a little inappropriate, Sesame's right on it to, to make a change, pull it out, even if it's not, because right. we're not going to do anything inappropriate on the show, but something feels like that to the public, we pull it, we, we try to do something to respond to the public because we care. Yeah. The show belongs to the world, not to us. 
that's a great way to look at it because it really does. It's Sesame Street is mission driven. Here we go. Driven, yep. Can't even speak right now. Well, that's not so good being a radio host. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You're doing great, um, lady. I'm so proud of you, Gina. Oh, thank you. Oh, my God. I, I'm i still like, I don't even feel like I'm here right now. I feel like this is a fever dream and it's crazy. But, but yeah, like I said, Sesame Street is a staple, not just for pop culture, but for childhood, for growing up, for learning, for gr- just everything. From different aspects of my life, I've taken it. And, you know, one day I will have my own kids. Like, I don't know when that will be. Who knows? No, Hopefully, don't it's not rush. Just you know, longer. yeah. <laughs> I'm only twenty four. I got some time. But you know that Sesame Street will be a staple for them, and then you know, moving forward, I don't think Sesame Street will ever go anywhere. I think it'll be here forever. Yeah, to me. So I think so too. There's uh, there's no way Sesame Street will ever disappear, and that's that's you know that's how I feel about, about the world that. needs Sesame Street. So exactly, <laughs> the world needs it. It's it, it always will. Yeah. He said, I, I, I appreciate you coming on. Oh, thanks for having me. Are you kidding me? Yeah, <laughs> I'm so still so ecstatic. I, I, from the bottom of my heart, like I said, I, I grew up just loving you through my father. <laughs> and then we connected through socials and everything. And we stayed in touch. And yeah. So be, you being here to me. Is and just, we worked together in a way. I mean, yeah. you were actually on the show. Yeah. So <laughs> we worked together, and it's you know it's crazy. Yeah. So like I said, from the like I said, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for everything that you do. Everything. Oh, my pleasure. I thank literally you. mean everything. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for being just the most genuine human being I know. Oh, thank you. Always. You're so sweet. Love yeah. you, lady. <laughs> I, yeah, of course. <laughs>